Chapter 47 You are now listening to The Chapter of the Architect with DJ Architect. What's going on, my peoples? Once again, want to welcome you guys to another chapter of The Architect. Listen, this is Chapter 47. In the studio with me today, I got two Marine Corps buddies of mine. I thought it'd be special to bring them in the studio, especially with it today being Veterans Day. Big Kenny Ken is back in a place to be. What's up, Kenny? What's up? How you been, brother? Chilling. And then to his left, we got my homeboy, Raymond. How you doing, Raymond? Chilling, chilling. Happy to be here. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day, man. Appreciate both of you guys' time. Appreciate you guys uh, leaving your families for one or two hours and hanging out with us today. Appreciate you guys. Whatever gets me out the house, man. Oh, snap. A couple beers and some slices of pizza. That'll make it. That'll, that, that'll put in the work. Yep. Hey, guys. How you guys doing on this Veterans Day, man? How was your, how was your, your Marine Corps birthday? Um, well, I just got back from a funeral. Buried my cousin. Condolences, man. Condolences. Yeah. Go his, ahead. Uh, his dad was a uh, chief in the Navy, so me and wow. him have a lot in common, so I felt really bad for him. We're both dads and both served in the military. Wow. But um, I'm happy to be here with my brothers. Right. And uh, let's talk some tanks. Let's talk some Marine Corps. Yeah, man. Condolences, Raymond. Uh, yeah, man. Sad news. Prayers to his family. The reason why I decided to bring both of these individuals onto the podcast today is because they're a special breed of, of Marines. They are what we call tankers and they live, fight and operate inside of a, of a tank, an armored vehicle built to destroy and, and cause doom to the enemy. Uh, guys, both of you guys served in the Marine Corps. It, it, be, before we go in there, Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't know that both of these individuals knew each other. I knew them separately, uh, and then Kenny's already in the studio waiting, and then Raymond comes up, and then both of them start hugging each other. Hey, what's going on? And I'm like, holy (laughs) shit, what a small world. So real quick, how did you guys meet? So I was in the unit that we met each other in um, prior to him joining, so... This let's see, I joined like two thousand one or two, some somewhere around there, and then uh, we did the tour to Iraq in two thousand four, two thousand five, <clears throat> and then we had a bunch of new, um, I don't know, boots. Yeah, I was a boots. Boot. We'll still, we'll call them recruits, and they they ended up joining our uh, our company when we got back home, like two thousand six, seven, right? That's when you were there. Yeah, 2006, I graduated yeah. uh, boot camp. <clears throat> yeah, 2007, then, I got with the unit. Yeah, so there was a whole bunch of guys just like hungry and shit. So Right. Uh, so, and, and then, so when you came back from Iraq, mm-hmm. you were tour, you had a bunch of new faces in right. your unit. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about that before, yeah. how, how you go away and you come back and there's mm-hmm. fresh faces and you're like, who the hell are you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they've been there for a while, so it's like they know the, 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 the workings the in and out. Yeah. But... That's 
that's uh-huh. your unit and now yeah. you're coming back from uh-huh. playing out in the sandbox and yeah. you're looking at them like who the hell are you and yeah. they're looking at you like and they're like running shit right thank you man <laughs> I, 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 was, <laughs> I was saying the same thing um to to my buddy farrell on his podcast is when you go out and you put all the this work and you could be gone <clears throat> seven eight months and you come back and there's a bunch of new marines and they're running they're running shit and you're like what the mm-hmm. hell is going on yeah, and and then um, we ended up being in different platoons, but we all it, it's tanks. So one big it, family. It's, yeah, it's it's way different for tanks because we are way smaller of a unit. Because um, in the squad of a uh, of infantry, there's thirteen, right? Mm-hmm. Twelve. Whoa. 12. There's 12 per, per squad, right? Yeah, 12 per squad, and then you got the three fire teams, mm-hmm. sergeant and stuff. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's um, a platoon of tanks is four tanks. No, I guess it's, yeah, a platoon of tanks is 12. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically like one squad. People. Oh, I see. Yeah, that so runs it technically would be a squad tanks, if because you look at it as boots on ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see, I see, okay. But so, that makes much more sense to have 12 tanks be considered a platoon because oh no 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 four tanks is a platoon and there's 16 marines total because there's four per oh i six, got but you. then you got the platoon commander for yeah. a company then you got a platoon commander company, and right? a platoon sergeant so four, four tanks per platoon right right it, yeah it makes much more sense because a, a tank does so much more damage yeah so yeah. right and uh, you run per capita over, they're, they're, you could shoot oh yeah so far away you don't need to be close so so that's how you guys met for the first time. Is, right. So, is, mm-hmm. so when I joined the unit, he was already like a corporal or a sergeant taking care of business. Um, saw him yelling at all the Marines and doing his thing, you know, doing what sergeants do. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until after I came back from deployment in 2008 that I started getting my, my respect as far as I'm not a boot no more. I'm, I'm a now I'm a gunner. I'm running my own little team. And hey, Raymond, explain mm-hmm. to the people listening what's a boot. A boot is a a new marine with less than one year, or they could be in four years but have no uh, leadership or deployment experience. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, the re- <laughs> the reason why I, I, I'm I've explained it before, but there might be new listeners and a lot of the jargon that we utilize, a lot of the verbiage or the acronyms, a lot of people may not know what we're talking about so you come we kind of want to break it down okay so how many people how many marines per tank four four what what are their jobs what are their titles tank commander he's a senior tanker he could be a corporal and above it could be a last corporal if shit goes bad but corporal or above then you have the gunner last corporal above you have a loader he could be anything private and above and then you have a driver He's okay. Private or Lance Corporal. The gunner, what type of guns is he operating? So he has the one twenty millimeter main gun. Is that the cannon? That's the cannon. Mm. And then he has the uh the coax, which is a two forty, which is side to side parallel to the, the main gun. Explain whatever what the a, main gun points at, the two forty points at. Explain what a coax is. What is that? Uh, so a coaxial machine gun is Axe stands for axis. Mm-hmm. So the axis is pointing 
in a direction. Mm -hmm. The reticle, which is all the computation, happens inside of a computer, which is tied to a reticle, which is what we use for uh, our target system. And what happens is that whatever you point at, the... The, the muzzle follows that reticle. The coaxial machine gun is basically, you'll see a little tube sticking out on the M1 Abrams tank. You'll see a little tube sticking out <clears throat> uh, to the side of the main uh, cannon. Right. And there's a machine gun in there. It's mm-hmm. a 240 Golf. Right. And a 240 Golf is a 7.62 machine mm-hmm. gun that shoots yes, about sir. 700 rounds. Yeah, minute. so it's going to look like a scope yeah. on a rifle. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And so. That's the best way to say Yeah, it. so coax. So co usually means like, you know, next to or mm-hmm. something like that, right? The ax stands for axis. So it's next to on the same axis that runs parallel with the cannon, basically. What the gunner does, he has, um, <clears throat> he has the controls that have like two handles that you kind of drive like a steering wheel. And he flips a switch from to cannon from, to machine right. gun. From it's not just cannon to machine gun, but it's whatever round you use as well. Right. So you can and have high explosives. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You have a tank to tank round, which is a saber round. You mm-hmm. have a heat, a high explosive anti tank, or sometimes they use it as a bunker buster. There's an impact round, which I don't remember what it stands for. Was the impact round for? Is uh, that so an impact- fragmentation. Um, it's a heat round that could also shoot down a helicopter. Right. Really? Yeah. There's, wow. a, there's a literal switch on the tip of the round mm-hmm. that you could switch to air. Right. There's a G and an A. Oh, it's for like an air burst. Exactly. Ah. So it's like a, it turns into like a proximity. Mm. And once it gets close enough to... I don't know what the what it is. Is it off the heat or... It, it picks up the, the, the actual propellers, I guess, that are spinning on the right. helicopter. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So wow. That's almost yeah. like the uh, a 40 mic mic uh, grenade being mm-hmm. launched out of a... Oh, uh, uh, Mark 19. Mark 19. Uh, but yeah, it, it explodes based on rotation. It's crazy. Right. It has, it has so many rotations before. Right. So mm-hmm. every single ballistic piece of, of weaponry that that cannon shoots out has a specific purpose. Right. Um, I guess we could run down the, the ammo. So the gunner in, inside the tank has a switch that goes from Sabo. Could you hand me one too? has a, a Sabo, which is tank to tank round. Basically, it's just like a giant bullet made out of depleted uranium Ooh. that is meant to pierce the armor of another tank. Right. Um, there's a switch for that. Then there's a switch for the heat round, which is high explosive anti tank round then there's a switch for i believe impact round right it's a separate yeah impact yeah, yeah there's What's, an impact and a one. canister round too and then the, a canister round which i think uses the sabo setting right no it has a can has, oh they had they made an own switch for that i think so oh so that's past my time you <laughs> that or you use impact or is it impact yeah probably what's, impact round. what's so, a, what's the round that shoots through <clears throat> the like a bunker the, the armor, and then it's it mm-hmm. it's, it spews out Sabo? that same metal. It's true, it, it oh, melts a, it. That's a Sabo round. Wow, yeah. those things are deadly, man. Yes, and Very the deadly. speed in which you want to look at. Thank you. So, the <laughs> they showed a, a badass video. I'll see if I can shoot this to you. Mm. The Sabo round travels at such a high rate of speed that it could it produces so much pressure between 
the round itself and its target that the air in between it is being compressed once it once it gets to a certain distance so the the air itself becomes a weapon kind of yeah mm. and you can literally see the paint peeling peeling off as the, it's the armor approaching its target wow yeah. that's crazy and it's intense and if it if it is able to enter the tank mm. basically you know how it's like an exit wound yeah. right it, there's an entrance it, room the entrance room is like a very pinhole, small right? yeah and, and then the, the exit, exit wound, wound is like an explosion it's like king kong's dick shredded yeah. his back <laughs> <laughs> wow. so it's see if I can find one <clears throat> so the once the if the round um penetrates everyone inside that is is, is pretty much gone. Yeah, it's going to be gone, yeah. That's wild, Because there's just so much pressure involved. There's so much... Uh, it's uh, There's a word for it, and I'll see if I can find it. But, um, yeah, so that's one round. There's a Sabo. Guys, so now we're looking at... Main gun round being shot out of the cannon. That's mm-hmm. that's wild. Yeah. It, it's intense so inside it, of it, it, yeah. it. The velocity, I, I'm not going to say it is is as much as a 50 cal, but it, it reminds me of the principle of a 50 cal round being fired, uh, where mm-hmm. the, the it piercing the air actually makes it go further and faster because it, as it's piercing, it's pro- it's propelling itself even further. Right, yeah. And I remember for a, a long time, for Geneva Convention purposes, they would not allow the 50, gal, 50 cal to be shot at a human being because of the destruction. Right. It was just like overkill. It's yeah, like it'd be for a vehicle. Right. It's it, like going it's hunting. A person apart, yeah, yeah, going hunt hunting for a deer with one of those cannons from a tank. Uh, so in order to bypass the Geneva Convention regulations, they said as long as they have military equipment on their person, then you can go ahead and fire. So a lot of people would say, does he have a canteen of water on him? <laughs> yeah, well, that's considered military equipment. Go for it. So there was a lot of ways and a lot of shady trickery going on. But listen, who 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 am I to say, man, if you're getting shot or shelled, uh, you know, you got to save yourself or your buddy. So I'm not trying to. Yeah, you don't yeah. mean force with the same force. You right. Go remember, a level above. Right. Yeah, I remember we, we had to lay down some fire on some, uh, I guess, some people. And. <clears throat> they said in the on the combo they said fifty cows stand down and they just it was only um the the two forty go two forties yeah um which we had like two of them so they just laid down and everybody else shot with their M sixteens and stuff. Kenny, talk about your experiences in Iraq as as a tanker. Where what year did you go to uh, to the sandbox? Okay, so in two thousand five, uh, they dismounted us. There was just, it tanks were expensive. There was enough to handle what was theirs. They needed more ground support. So wow. we turned into Camp Fallujah um, security pretty much. And we just we were like the QRF in and around for about like five-mile radius outside of it. So right. we would go to the city, back, help patrols, help um, any uh, – we were near that main highway that goes into Fallujah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of – accidents explosions and hits and stuff that we would have to respond to so guys qrf is a quick reaction force and a lot of the times it it could be the size of a squad or the size of a platoon or two or three squads and what they do is they're 
standing by, ready to be uh, launched out if any sectors within the encampment are being uh, placed under attack or if, if a Marine unit is being placed under attack, they go out there to support and help that, uh, that sector out. Raymond, tell us about the schools. When you guys went to these tanker schools, how long was the school? It's approximately three months. Yeah. Um, I went to Fort Knox, Kentucky. Were you, this was an army base that you guys were being trained at? Correct. And this is for what the uh, Abrams tank? Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, it's an army school because the tank is an army vehicle. Okay. So. Well, it's just, it's, it's uh, if I could interject, the, <clears throat> you know how the Marine Corps gets all like the old shit? Right. The we, buy, shit. we buy everybody else's old shit. <laughs> like, oh, you need that anymore? All right. Like cowards, yeah, we we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> so run down until you got Hey, guys, and hey, what Kenny is saying is not a lie. We're pretty much Uncle Sam's bastard hand, hand me down children. So, because we're such a small department, we get all the, the second hand down equipment, but we do much more with it than, you know, other people do because we have to maintain it and, and take care of what the equipment that we have. We don't have the, lux- the luxury of having a, a budget like the Army or the Air Force, so we take care of our shit. So, right. tell, so tell us about the school. So I'll just walk you through my experience, and everyone has a different experience of the school. But from my eyes, uh, I went there right after Marine Combat School, which is that little infantry school you go MCT. to. MCT. MCT, before uh, you go to your MOS school. So I landed. It was a uh, day before Thanksgiving. So they put us on leave. We got to go hang out. We were Marines awaiting training. That was our platoon. Uh, I stayed there for about a month, and then I picked up with my class. Um, right away, you're just getting slayed in the PT for the first week. <laughs> so they're just smoking you. You're getting skinny, but you're getting strong at the same time. And then they're like, here's all your books. It's like going to college. So, And, you know, I was... I never been through that type of academics because I'm straight out of high school and right. you know California education. <laughs> so, um, so you were ahead of the game. <laughs> so you got a, a backpack full of books. I think we had the old Alice packs that they made us carry. Right. And uh, you get in formation. Someone calls out cadence. Start marching to class. You show up to class and they're like, they show you this huge tank and they're like, this is going to be your. Uh, this is going to be your, your bitch for uh, three months. You better get used to her. <laughs> um, we had a great core of uh, instructors. Taught us everything they know. The, the funny thing was we learned so much and we were fully certified tankers. But once you got to your unit, all that shit went out the window. And you're like, it's like you never seen a tank before. Hmm. It's, I don't know if it's nerves or you, you just... Uh, you're, you're, you're you 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 kind of brain fleet. dump things because you're stu- you're studying a certain part of the material for so long for two weeks and then you're taking your tests and then you brain dump that and and you study another particular part of the tank that, and then you brain makes, dump that that makes perfect sense because you're so concentrated on that particular chapter or that particular phase of the training that you're forced to concentrate everything on this new information because. Ladies and gentlemen, people rock out. So when I say rock out, that means that they there's there are people that do not or cannot 
pass the exam and they they get washed out and they have to go and do another military occupational skill and which is you know sometimes uh lesser a lesser job a much more strenuous job job than the one that you were hoping to get so when you see one or two marines start to fail and they get one more chance to pass that exam and they fail that second time they are no longer with your unit or as far as that training evolution they're gone and who knows where they they if they're lucky they can come up with a new class of marines behind your class and attempt to pass that again but it's imperative for you to study and make sure you pass those those sectors of of tests so i totally understand when you, when you say you need a you have a brain dump right because you need to make new space inside your your brain to to ascertain new information right and it's only three months so i'll go over the uh the quick uh subjects that i that i can remember um so first thing is uh weapons so they dump all the weapons on upon you. You take them apart. You got to put them back together. You got a certain time. You have to do it. Um, it has to be in a certain order or else you're going to fail the test. Mm. Um, you have to also articulate what you're doing as you're doing it. Right. So it's taking apart the 50 cal, putting it back together, but it has to be in the same exact order mm-hmm. every time. Right. Same thing with the 240, the M9. Um, that, yeah, that's about it. Um, dropping the breach on the tank, which is the um, it's like the the like loading dropping an engine block, right? Yeah. So it's the hmm. the backside of the main gun, right? Which has the firing pin in it. Mm-hmm. So what what would that be on a rifle? The um, the bolt. The yeah, bolt. the bolt carrier group. Uh-huh. So it's a huge bolt carrier group for the tank. Okay. That has to be done in a particular order. After that move away from weapons um hey, real tank, quick. tanker maintenance did did all the people inside of the tank carry an m9 or yes. it was just really we carried m4s also wow yeah mm-hmm. see that's the difference between ground and tank uh the only people who would carry an m9 would be a staff nco and then everyone I, when i was in there were there were no m4s what we had was the m16a2 m203 240 golf to saw the 249 mark 19 mm-hmm. and the 50 cal right but as far as being on foot patrol man you, and then you would have for whatever reason one staff nco may have a shotgun with them and then the m9 right usually like somebody in the, in the right. squad that has a shotgun you're right for but, room clearing and shit yeah but for us uh we we all had an m4 we all had to carry it with us, which made the space inside the tank tighter. Oh, yeah, man. We Let's talk about the, that, man. Let's talk about the, the, the pistol, mm-hmm. um, or the M9 Beretta. Italian-made pistol, by the way, if you mm. didn't know that. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, good pistol. And um, so we would have that, M4, all of our shit. Grenades. Uh, yeah, we had. Were, were you were you guys able to, or did you guys ever have AT four rocket launchers inside? No, no. Oh no, 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 no. You didn't need that when you have a tank. Oh yeah, I, I can assume. Yeah, that fire AT four system was is very with the mm, cannon. <laughs> organized, and you could hit anything you want to hit. How many rounds yeah. per per minute do you think a solid team? Ooh. You have seven seconds to load around. But wow, a good uh, loader's gonna do it in. Three to five seconds. Two, two to three is like you could get it. If so, 
<clears throat> inside the tank, you have this rack with a door. It's called a ballistic door that you have to hit with a switch that opens it and a switch on the on the gun itself. That switch is um uh, oh my god. The knee switch. Yeah, right. the knee switch but the switch on the on the the, the handle. Oh my oh, god. Oh, the um when you say up. Yeah. Fuck. So you pull this handle down, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it opens the breach. It, breach lock that, or something like that. Br- yeah. And um sorry. It gets rid of the the expanded round. Right. Then you open this other door to get the round, the next round, to shove it into the um, the chamber, basically. Right. So it's basically. So you're just lo- <clears throat> what mm-hmm. you're doing is you're loading We're the a magazine. Giant, you're loading a giant bullet. <laughs> yeah. Is right. what you're doing. Right. And to all the the tankers out there that are doing it right now, they're active. Sorry for messing up some of the nomenclature and uh, whatnot, but we're a little fuzzy, you know. Yeah, well, no, it's been, well, a, it's it's been well, a good minute guys, since we've been you, on the tank. You got to understand, uh, between the three of us, we're, we're, we're the range gap of when the last time we were wearing a uniform and active duty service, it ranges from 18 years to maybe 10 years ago. 10 years yeah. ago. Uh, so it's Fuck. been, yeah, quite a while, man. I can't believe it. I, I got out and... Yeah, my little journey. Well, 2005, is, uh, should I say? When'd you get out? I got uh, to serve in two branches. Were you in the which army? I'm very proud of. Yeah. So after we forgive you, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Hey, um, you talk probably, about you could relate to this being in our company. Talk about the differences, man. Well, well, hold, hold on. Let me just tell you about why we had to get out. You know, he had to get out for a reason. I had to get out for a reason. In our company. It doesn't matter if the war is going on or if the war was won and or the or we're having an invasion at this moment. A tanker is a tanker no matter what. You train at the level like you're going to ship out that moment. So it's, it's nonstop. At, we're a high-tempo unit. Mm-hmm. So it's constantly train, train, train. You're a, you're a bulldog in, in a cage or a Rottweiler, whatever, and you're getting shaken up every, for a whole year straight, you're getting shaken up, and then you're going to gunnery, and you're you're whooping some ass and acting like you're shooting at the enemy, and it's like that nonstop. What's gunnery? It's uh, your tank qualification, where you're shooting moving targets, stationary targets, troop-like targets, and it's from the daytime to the middle of the night to O-Dark 30 when uh, you should be asleep, because you only had two hours of sleep, but you're still out there pretending you're shooting at the enemy. So it's like Marine Corps rifle qualifications. Right. And you probably have more deaths in the tank community in gunnery than you probably have had in combat situations. Wow. But, um, yeah. Is so it, Is it due, due to mistakes or lack of sleep? or Right. So you're, you're very tired. You're overheat. You're in high temperature situations in the desert, 20 palms. You're passing out. You're having heat casualties. You're pulling them out, putting them on a helicopter. Mm. People are losing fingers. Wow. You know, bleeding out. Wow. You're going to get banged up. Mm. All right. So so it's a high tempo unit and you're a Marine first. You're not a civilian, even though we both were reservists. You're a Marine first, no matter what your occupation is. If they say we need you to come in now to do some tank training because we have qualifications in a couple of weeks. Your ass better be there or else you're going to lose your leadership position. Mm. Especially after your deployment, you're, you're so wound up and you still have that, 
that intense feeling and, and it never goes away until you actually leave the unit. You can't really calm down and your identity is being a Marine. It's not what your civilian job is. You're, you wake up in the morning and you're a Marine, even though you're a reservist, just because you know you got, a, you got this other thing that's bigger than yourself. That demands right, mo- that, a lot more. Especially if that's your first job out, out of high school. Like for me, that was my identity. I was a Marine. It didn't matter if I was doing security guard duty, you know, on my civilian life or whatever the hell I was doing, going I, to college. I imagine that's still your identity. Right. To this day. But but I had to get away from, I needed something more than my identity being a Marine reservist. Mm. Right. So that wasn't my career, but I knew it in my head that that wasn't my career. I was an active duty Marine, but I still felt like it. Hmm. So the Marine Corps, there was an instructor that said, uh, a tank instructor in our unit, he said, raise your hand if you're a reservist. So everyone raised their hand. And then he said, raise your hand if you're a Marine. Everyone Everyone raised raised their hand. Right. He said, you're a Marine, you're not a reservist. You're a sergeant, you're not an E5. Is that type of community where your identity becomes being a Marine? Well, I needed, when I had the chance to to finally leave and my contract was up after six years, I had to get out at least for a little bit. So I took a one-year break in service, went to college, studied um, human services. I wanted to work at the VA, do something like that. also took some... uh, um, law enforcement classes to see if I like that. But being away from the Marine Corps, it, it taught me that I can be away from the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. It taught me that being away from the Marines isn't going to, to stop away. the clock. It's not the world's gonna away. keep spinning. It's not gonna take away your identity as right. a man or as the a world's person. gonna keep spinning. Right. <clears throat> I'm st- I'm still me and the qualities that I learned in the Marine Corps I'm able to apply to my life and be a harder worker. Right. And a better better man, better citizen, and make good decisions. So after I understood that I'll be okay if I'm not in the military. Mm-hmm. That's when I decided, hey, why, let's see what else is out there for me in the military. So I called the Marine Corps recruiter. And unfortunately for him, he didn't pick up. Uh-huh. Called the Air Force recruiter. He told me, hey, stand by. I'll give you a call back later. Same time, I called... Uh, the Army National Guard recruiter, he, he answered the phone. He said, come in right now. I want to talk to you. And uh, he snatched me up. He gave me a good little spill, and he, he stole my soul. <laughs> <laughs> he told me I could, I could go, I could do whatever I want to do. Uh-huh. Say, if you want to still be a tanker, I'll make you an Army tanker. You could be a platoon sergeant one day or something. And I was like, ah, I was a tanker already. I, what else is there? Can I be infantry? What, what can I do? He's like, well, there's a there's an MP unit. You want to be an MP, which is military police, which is a uh, a pretend infantryman, mm. <laughs> I guess you could say, in the field, mm. and then a law enforcement officer in garrison, which is when you're on base. So I said, yeah, I'm kind of interested in law enforcement. Uh, put, make me an MP. Wound up doing that for five years. Um, got a great experience. I got to do things that I never thought I would get to do, but I always had dreams of doing when I was in high school. Because I, my original thing was I wanted to be an MP in the Marines. Really? Right. 
why did you not or why were you not able to to go that route in the Marine Corps? I didn't have the ASVAB score and I didn't have enough patience to study. Right. To get a the ASVAB score. score is the, the test you take before you join the military. Right. I didn't have the ASVAB score to meet the requirements. And they told me, the recruiter told me, well, here's your options. The only thing open right now is uh, active duty cook with your ASVAB score. Fuck yeah. And I was like, what, whatever, I'll be a Marine, right? I like pancakes. And he's like, he's like yep, you'll be, that still be a Marine. Eggs. You'll still be a Marine. I was like, fuck it. All right, let's do this. Sign the contract. And out of nowhere, after graduation from high school, the recruiter called me. He says, can you go to boot camp in two weeks? But you're going to be a tanker reservist. I was like, a tanker reservist? A tanker? Fuck yeah, I'll be a tanker. And I wasn't too worried about the reserve part because I was like, yeah, everyone's going to war. Everyone's putting in their time. And then I'll just become active duty later on. Did Sorry, you have I kind of got off topic. Did you, have <laughs> did you have intentions to go in uh, active duty? Right. So that was my, my first intention was active duty. And and he just called and was like, do you want to be a reservist? And you, <clears throat> Yep, they just renewed your contract. Right? You know, you I know? think that's because they dissolved the uh, Cook MOS. Everyone that was a cook had a go to a different um MOS? Yeah. That's don't you crazy. That? I don't I don't recall when combat, I was combat when, cooks. Yeah. When I was in the Marine Corps, we still had cooks. Like Marines oh, in uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta so, remember I got out in two thousand five. Yeah. So I joined okay. Yeah. So you joined two thousand one. I joined two well, late I joined I joined nineteen ninety nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um but <clears throat> damn I don't know. All right, so let me get back on the army subject. So what well, we did the um was this the army or air force army national guard oh okay did they supply you with the box of tampons up front or after you <laughs> signed the paper Candy, <laughs> 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 you killing me <laughs> yeah look at raymond raymond's like nah i don't want to take this my fucking face hey everyone talk shit about the army until you join the army and hey. see what's going on <laughs> i was the same way well let's get his opinion man because you know that's the, that's the way marines are man. <laughs> but but he wore both hats so uh so raymond yeah man uh, right, so I signed the uh, Army National Guard contract, and they issue your tampons right there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> they say you look like a bleeder because you were in the Marine Corps. You don't know how to keep your head down, probably. <laughs> this is true. That's why we eat crayons. We- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I get to my unit. I'm not going to say which one because I'm certain things I'm going to say. All right, so I got to the unit, and I met the acting first sergeant with that. And ju- it's just like the reserves where they have a active duty component working there. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, so I they have about staff, right? five personnel working there full time in the office, which is a armory. They call it an armory. It's where they they have their office and the vehicle stage that you're going to go use for training, usually at a park or some type of business location. So I get to the armory, a check in, talk to the acting first sergeant, and he's a blimp. <laughs> Like really? I'm talking big boy. Wow. Like First 400 pounds, big boy. See, that's what I'm talking about, dog. All right. So you I get with him and he's I'm like, a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, might, I might look like a marble now, but this is 15, 16 years out of the Marine Corps. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I was in, I was nice and trim mm-hmm. and thrashing bodies. You know what I mean? How are you going to be a first sergeant? Looking like a, a porky pig. You know what I'm saying? That's right. a, that, well, anyways, I could eat a different there right now, but go on. Right. So 
that set the tempo of how I was looking at the the army. I was like, oh, this is gonna be a piece of cake. Just freaking show up for drill and eat some donuts. Mm. I got this. Be a <laughs> pretend cop for a weekend. Mm. So I met him and he's like, oh, you were in the Marines. You ready for your PT test? We got a PT test next week. I was like, fucking PT test? Yeah, motherfucker. I'm ready for a PT test. Are you? No <laughs> shit. That perfect. I'm, the same thing's going through my head. Okay, well, I'm going to pass it. Can you pass it? Yeah. And then he's, uh, yeah, so showed up for drill the first time. And right away, I got thrown into a leadership position. Mm. The active uh, squad leader wasn't there. So I had to take care of a squad. I think it was like 12 personnel. We went straight to the field, had a field um, exercise where we were doing, uh, we'd sleep out in the field and then go to a garrison environment and do law enforcement training with civilian police. I was like, oh man, this is pretty good to go. Good training. They threw me straight into a leadership role. Everyone's yelling at me, calling me sergeant. Uh, I'm doing the type of police training I, I wanted to learn. I was like, all oh, this is pretty good to go. And the next day we had a PT test. And man, I tell you, you, you're out for a year and you're like, oh, the army PT test, two miles, do some push-ups and sit-ups, easy. That shit ain't easy when you're out for a while. Yeah. You're like, I, I do three miles in the Marine Corps. What's, what's two miles, right? Still a perfect score is uh, like 12 minutes for your two miles. Six-minute miles, yeah. But I had to meet a, I think it was like a 14-minute so it was like about seven minutes a mile. And it might not seem fast to some of you guys that are just sitting around, but when you're actually running and doing it, that's just not too too fun. It's not too easy to do seven minute mile. See, when you're not, your body isn't trained to sustain that type of uh, endurance, you're yeah. huffing and puffing. Yeah. Man. But if you would have been straight active duty or res- or Marine straight there with, with a short lapse of time, you would have been okay, but your body wasn't climatized to it. Right. So that that was a humbling experience doing the mm. PT test, huffing oh, yeah. and puffing. Oh, yeah. So you quickly get humbled <laughs> oh, and you yeah. realize, hey, this you is bet, for real. You better unfuck yourself. Right. This you is better for unfuck real. yourself real quick. So you got to get your shit back together. And it's the same thing as the Marine Corps. You, you raise your hand. Who's who's a reservist? Raise your hand. Who's a, who's a soldier? Raise your hand. You're still a soldier 24 hours. If not, you're not going to be in that leadership role. You're not going to be doing the fun missions. And I got to do a lot of fun missions. Um, I credit it all to, to the Marine Corps setting the foundation and allowing me to to be a weapons expert when, it, when the time came because I was a firearms instructor for the National Guard. I credit it to being for setting that foundation for me to be that leader, that sergeant, that I was having these new boots, these new soldiers coming in right out of their AIT, which is the Army initial training, coming back from their MOS school as as new MPs. And I was able to show them how to conduct themselves in the right way. Whatever fork in the road, whichever turn they took, that was up to them. Some kept the path and became NCOs. Some of them became fat bodies and got discharged. Some of them played the I'm hurt role and broke and dick role. Broke dick role and would always come in their crutches, acting like they can't PT. And for myself, my my um, our new first sergeant that we got, he was a, a prior Marine infantry, hmm. and. 
he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. I just want to lead these soldiers and do fun stuff. So he put me on my own little missions and I got to go do security missions on, on active bases and reserve bases and take my own little team and train them to, to the standard that I wanted them to learn. Nice. So it was a really good experience. And that, that, that also adds to my foundation as to, to what I do now in security and whatnot. And, and how I look at life now. Were you guys able to take a look at the the YouTube link I sent you guys? Yeah. Sorry. All right. So, guys, what we're going to talk about now is several weeks ago, I was looking at this YouTube video, and I believe it was Panzer versus Sherman versus uh, Pershing, right? And these are all the Sherman and the Pershing were both U.S. tanks. Uh, the Pershing was the predecessor that came after the Sherman. And th these are all World War II tanks. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I thought of of having you guys here to talk about this specific video as, as far as uh, for a small segment is because within this video, there's a there's a U.S. Army leader. I'm not going to mention the name of 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 this person because uh, I'm not sure if, if I could remember his name whether it was one or the other, and I don't want to put out bad information. But this one particular, whether he was a general or not, I, I don't recall. But he said that the Sherman would be the battle tank that would go into Europe and would be the crusher um, of Germans and uphold American ingenuity up to par. Uh, long story short, if you guys saw that video... There were a lot of World War II veterans. If my, when I'm saying you guys, I'm talking about the two gentlemen sitting here in the studio with me. The Sherman became a a very unreliable, unsafe tank, and there were World War II veterans that sat there and gave testimony of them being scared shitless and going into battle against a Panzer tank. Panzer tank was was from the opposing force, the the Germans, where it sometimes it would take five to six Sherman tanks just to take out one of the Panzers because the weakest part of the Panzer was in the back. So you would have five or six Shermans and they would they would all fork out in different directions. And the Panzer would just sit there because their cannon was so much more powerful and the Sherman's armament was so much more thin, it would penetrate on one shot. So it would knock out four to five Sherman tanks, and hopefully that sixth or fifth Sherman tank was able to get in position in the rear of that Panzer tank to get that killer shot in the rear. But unfortunately, it would take four or five Sherman tanks. How many American countless lives were lost because of what I think is 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 the military industrial complex of someone saying, you know, we can make huge money selling this tank, putting it in, into reproduction, filling the, the the pockets of these millionaires, and it cost a lot of American lives. Unfortunately, by the time they realized that the the Sherman was a turd nugget. Way too many service members had paid the price. <clears throat> and uh, I believe there was a predecessor of the Sherman uh, 
that came a little later after that, and then shortly after that was the Pershing uh, tank, which which was was now a sort of bull, sort of a, a formidable uh, component or, or contestant to the uh, to the Panzer. But then you had the Tigers and uh, these other elite tanks. Uh, now within that video. Guys, you guys, you saw the the tank commander come out with his leg like blown off, smoking, and uh, it was just sad to see, man. It was sad to see that the Sherman really didn't stand a chance against this Panzer. So I, I wanted to talk to you guys, and when you guys saw that video, what was your guys' first reaction? What did you guys think? Well, uh, if you know the history of a tank, the um, the army didn't want a tank. It was a a Navy admiral that was interested in World War II in in making a tank, and it was because of the way they were fighting at that time. Everyone's buckered down in their in their hole trench warfare, like trench warfare, running at each other, but no one's gaining ground. So, so the army didn't want the tank, be, I believe, because it was just going to cost too much money, and they didn't think there was enough armor that could withstand some of the rounds that were being fired were being at them. being fired. Uh-huh. Now, as far as the ruse that um, that the, Sher- the Sherman tank was going to kick some ass, I could respect that because we don't, sh- don't want to show our ass, you know, verbally and say that this tank's all right. We have to, you know, make it seem like it's indestructible in order so that we don't get engaged. So they don't want to test the tank. Right. Yeah, the, the problem is this is warfare. You're going to get tested. Right. So I could understand their, their theory was let's make it nimble enough, speedy enough, so it could outmaneuver a certain tank. But the problem, that that's, it looks good on paper. Theoretically, it looks great. <clears throat> the problem was that the Panzer wasn't all that slow either. It was a medium-sized tank. It wasn't a huge tank. So, and regardless... The, yeah, the Sherman could outmaneuver the Panzer, but if it had stopping power, which it did, and you know you don't go into into a fight bluffing, you don't say to somebody, "Punch me in my face," and hopefully they don't punch you in the face. They're gonna punch you in the face if they have the determining factors and the heat, and they're pissed off, and it's sort of like, uh, you know, nah, 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 you're daring somebody to do it, and when they do it, you get knocked out, and then you wake up several hours later saying, "What the fuck happened?" You know, so I, I understand what you're saying is, but when you have American lives at stake, you would hope that you would send them into battle with the most superior, up-to-date <clears throat> equipment to stand a chance of battling a superior equipment. And right. that's what the Panzer was. Yeah, it was, a, it was a political statement saying, no, we got hundreds of tanks on the battlefield now just to... To you know what the, you're the abs- American public yes. feel at ease. And you know what? You're absolutely right. That's what eventually, you know, it, that's how Germany eventually ended up getting toppled was because of the sure mass of of tanks that were being mass produced. They were just being shitted out. That's yeah. what I was gonna think. And yeah. you, you gotta remember the the infantryman fights a lot better when they know there's a tank involved. What what was your thought on that, Kenny? So um, the M4 Sherman tank was a lightweight, cheap tank that was used 
in World War II because they wanted to play a numbers game as well. The U.S. did. They wanted to say, we have you know, 5,000 tanks. They didn't say what kind of tanks, mm-hmm. but on paper they could say there's 5,000 mm-hmm. tanks out there. Um, and I think at the time, Germany only had about 1,000 tanks, mm-hmm. but they had the... Superior Exactly. They had quality. the Panzer. Mm-hmm. But the... It's... How do you get so many... Especially at that time. You got to think about the time. How do we get so many tanks over there? And could our equipment handle something the size of what we use now, an M1A1 70-ton tank? There's nothing that could carry something like that. So we had to get a bunch of smaller tanks. To transport, is exactly. what you're saying. Transport yeah. was a huge thing. Germany didn't have transport shit. They're there. They're there. We're going right. there to fight them. Mm-hmm. So That's um, a very valid point. Yeah. Extremely it, valid point. Yeah. That, so that was the main purpose behind that tank was transportation. Getting it there um, and producing quick to get as many out there as possible. So it was almost the theory of grabbing an army of ants against a giant. And eventually mm-hmm. the, the, the army of ants would take huge casualties, right. but they would indeed get inside the crevices in the ears and brain of the enemy and, and slowly yes. start to deteriorate we were, them. We were the bacteria. They were the host. Right. And right. we just, we kept pushing numbers and, we of course we took casualties and yeah. the 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 Sherman tank could have been um, better uh, designed and manufactured uh, and putting five people inside one of those little things is uh, let me ask insane. you guys one question only one if if you guys were the designers of the tank of the Sherman if you guys could redo it again both of you sitting down. But you can only do one. Would you give it stopping power or better defense and armament? Stopping power? I would say a, a better gun than armor. Stopping power? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I would right. have to agree. Right. I mean, <clears throat> it doesn't matter how good your tank is. It, it can be taken down no matter what. There's, there's videos of that all over YouTube with the best tanks in the world, but they're still getting taken down. Right. So no matter what. You have a high chance of dying when you're on the battlefield. You can stop a tank without a tank. You, all you need is right. a bomb. Right. You need to take out the truck. Right. They got those mm-hmm. tow missiles that could jump on top of a tank and blow it up. All, right. There's all kinds of cool uh, weapons they have nowadays. Did you, yeah. Have you guys ever seen... Were you about to say something? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, putting yourself back in that time, the thing that sucked is that... Um, was the engine that they used inside the German uh, Sherman was capable of carrying a bigger gun or heavier armor. That was the trouble. Um, I know it, one of the issues was that the fuel that was used yeah, for that mm-hmm. engine was highly flammable. Highly combustible. Right. Yes. yes. So that was a, 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 a bad issue. Right, yeah. You know, and um, the thing that sucked is that the armament around the fuel tank wasn't... Enclosed, the thickest, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the thickest point mm-hmm. there. The thickest point was up front. Up while, front. Um, and a lot of times, in order to escape uh, the... Direct the fire, direct they would have fire to turn. of the Panzer. They had to turn to the side, exactly, which left them out. exposed. And so that way, the Panzer, it had a slow-moving 
a turret, hmm. which the turret is the top part of the tank that carries the gun. Traverses left so and right. So it's traversing left mm-hmm. and right. As it's following one tank, another couple tanks are trying to That's you know, the get around right. to the other side. Right. So uh, the tank that's turning to the side to you know take off and circle around it, if it gets hit, he's it's more, going to he's explode like a vulnerable. Ford Pinto yes. and a bumper to bumper. <laughs> so yes. it's, that's the trouble behind it. But the what, um, how we won was because of the numbers. That's how we won. Yeah, and yeah, it's a, that's it's a, a mental part. And, it's a mental thing. Yeah. When you see a tank, like when we were out there on patrol, and they saw a tank, they go back inside their their village. <laughs> <laughs> but what they fired at you guys. Once you had the mm-hmm. troops with you guys, that yeah. makes, they had guys on foot patrol. See, and that, he got shot at, and I was makes, like, "What the fuck? I want to go out there." No, that <laughs> yeah, we were doing these weird missions where we were out there early in the morning, waking people up, waking the village up, just to get that mental warfare type thing going on. Like, don't fuck with us. We're right. tanks, right? We're revving our engine, all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, and yeah, going in their like, backyard and it, parking our it, tank. It, it's sort of like the drums of war. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the battle cries of war, just just the drums themselves let let the enemy know there's imminent doom coming down the road. Yeah, when you feel that rumble, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's like it's like that guy that has like 15 subwoofers in his trunk and he's rolling down the street <laughs> yeah. near your house. You're like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and the, and the thing is, you don't hear the tank when it's far away. So yeah, you don't hear the engine. So really? until they're um. A few hundred yards close to you, that's yeah, when you hear them. You, you hear, hear that, that winding, like it's an airplane. The, the turbine. Is that and the before turbine? you know, the tanks are on top of you because they're going, is the, they could go, what, 40 miles an hour, sometimes 60 if they're going downhill. That's the turbo, I'm assuming, right? Within the, it's a the turbine tank? engine. It's right? the it's same a turbine engine, engine as a, used in an airplane? Huey. Wow. Huey, yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'll see villagers out there playing <clears throat> uh, soccer or whatever, kids running around. And you know, they're acting like, Nothing's going on, and we're just like we're coming up on them. They don't see us, and boom, we're there, and they're just like, "Oh shit, what's going on?" Wow, they get surprised. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had no idea. Well, I've never been in a situation where uh, we got attacked by a mechanized unit. Have you ever seen that movie, um, The Beast? Fury. The, oh, the Beast. Beast. Oh. No, yeah, they have uh, no. the T seventy twos and T fifty five, T fifty fours. Is this a old, new movie? It's an old movie about the invasion of Afghanistan by the Russians. No, it's no. A, you gotta watch it. Is it, it. a it's movie a, or documentary? It, it's movie. it's like Fury, but it it the um the heroes are the Russians, I guess you could really? say. Yeah, the the beast. I'm gonna check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, which good point. Have you guys seen Fury? Fury. Yeah. What do you guys think of that movie? How, as far as perfect uh, depiction of what? Thank you. Uh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. It, yeah. It's funny, man. When uh the 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 Mexican driver. When they, they blew up the track and he goes, Ay, mami, te reventaron la chacucleta. What's his name? Mark uh, Pena or something? Yes. Mike yes, Pena? Yeah, I like him as an actor. Is that his man. name? He was a driver, yeah, right? Yeah. Michael Pena. He's a right? badass actor. Yeah, I like him yeah, as an actor, yeah. man. Well, going back real quick to World War II, I think we have to also thank the, the stupidity of Adolf Hitler by taking away the control from his generals and deciding to go ahead and say he was going to be the Don Dada. Uh, because the, the truth is, if he wouldn't have attacked on the Eastern Front and attacked, you know, the USSR or the Soviet Union, the fight would have been a lot tougher on the Western Front. So now it divided his army. And in all truth, he sent his most hardened mechanized units 
to the Eastern Front. And then they ended up getting stopped in Stalingrad. So it was a beautiful yeah. thing. My great-grandfather actually served in World War II. So I have a personal connection to that where, you know, if he died out there, I wouldn't be here today, right? Wow. So he, uh, Bronze Star recipient, machine gunner. Beautiful. Put in work. Was he a Lost tank? his eye. Was he a tanker? No, he was an infantry machine gunner. Wow. 100% disability. Fuck you. <laughs> there you go. To, to add to the... Um, the reason why Adolf Hitler split is because the USSR would have eventually met them on their eastern side, and they wanted to prevent that. And since the Russians didn't have to transport any equipment like we did, they would have had a lot more Advantage. coming at them. Yeah. Right. So right. the Russians pulled them in into their country and like froze them out. Froze them out, just like Napoleon. Yeah, exactly. Hey guys, I, I appreciate all those comments and and anything else that you guys want to add on prior to re- for us moving on to the next subject. Um, yeah, I had a question for uh, for Kenny. Can you like I, I'm trying to remember when you guys got engaged when you guys mm-hmm. were on patrol and you guys had the uh, the grunts with you. Can you kind of walk me through that engagement? Because I just remember hearing it on the radio, and we we got alerted to do QRF just in case uh, you guys needed. Thank us. you, thank you for that. walk through that. Thank I, you. I remember uh-huh. hearing that one of the TCs <clears throat> said he wanted to shoot a main gun around. <laughs> that was probably uh, I'll call him for Mr. H. <laughs> yeah, there you go, H. Yeah, he probably wanted to, and I was the gunner on his tank. That was the platoon sergeant, and he probably he probably wanted to. Um, so you had, but a, we just took small arms fire, right? And we had an infantry LAR unit, which LAR stands for light armored reconnaissance. And they were a legit reconnaissance infantry platoon. Uh, yeah, platoon. Mm. And cause there was like four LAVs. LAVs are light armored vehicles. They have a 25 millimeter, um, machine gun mm. on them. And, um, there was this time we were out there. We were just going door to door, basically, just talking to people, trying to make friends and shit. And then down the road, a little bit down the way, there was a um, um, a truck. One of those, tr- uh, you know, those white those, trucks uh, or something. Yeah, like those little Toyota trucks or whatever. Yeah, they just apparently started shooting at us, but we're inside a tank. Right, so and I'm I'm looking through the scope of the gun, right, and I'm just you know kind of scanning the area for them, and then I see them all take cover and run, and I was like, what are they doing? And then we I hear over the radio because we all have headsets on inside the tank, right? Kenny, what were you? Were you a gunner in the tank? I was a gunner in the tank at that time. All right, I became a tank commander like later on in my deployment. Right, and the (laughs) um, so the tank. Uh, not the tank commander, uh, the platoon commander. He's a, he was a second, first lieutenant. And uh, he came over the, the radio and he, he clicked in and he was like, is that small arms fire? <laughs> and we were like... <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently one of our tanks took some hits. Yeah. And they're just like, but when you're inside a tank, it just... Like I've heard the rounds hit a tank before and it's just like a... Yeah. Like, like, 
mosquitoes flying by your head you know right. it's just right because it's just making little noise it's not yeah. doing anything yeah you got your earmuffs on yeah, right. yeah and, right. and, and and i didn't think anything of it and then you, you just hear that over the radio mm. and then i'm starting looking around i'm like I'm, I'm controlling the turret i'm moving back and forth on the turret left and right and i was like i don't i was like there's a there's a truck speeding away should we go get that truck right and then um it turned into like a high speed pursuit and shit the fucking the guys <laughs> got into their lavs and they took off after the guy. Wow, no and shit. i don't remember what happened I, I just don't remember what happened i think they got him and they arrested him if i remember shit like that for what I heard from the outside was mm-hmm. that from the grunts, because that was their first firefight for some of them. So they were like, mm-hmm. they said contact left or right, wherever the fuck it was at. Yeah. And they unloaded their magazines <laughs> into whatever the hell they were aiming at. Yeah, right. but it didn't It didn't happen right away. You, you know, I'm sure you know what it's like when you take fire. You're you looking still, around. You which, still have to which ascertain direction what direction you're from. taking fire exactly. from. Yeah. You don't want to take cover Waste behind something ammo, and the fucking accidentally on the same side of people. you taking yeah, cover. Right. So, so it was kind of like scatter plotted mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of all over the place until they identified where it was coming from. Right. And then everybody, you know. Right. Uh, Directed fire towards exactly. that. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we, no tank open fire. No tank. They did not allow us to open fire because we would have oh, probably yeah, destroyed way too much shit. That's yeah. overkill. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we rolled through. <laughs> it's so sad because we fucking rolled over their farmland and they were just sprouting oh. and we fucked it all yeah. up. Damn. We were that up. mental warfare. I'm we ran over wow. all of that Don't shit. Don't fuck with us. <laughs> That's, but it wasn't on purpose. We didn't be like, we were like, we got to get over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going through your shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get over there. Uh, You're like, my you think pumpkins, uh, <laughs> my squash. <laughs> we had a... Uh, <laughs> I felt so bad. We compensated them, actually. Really? That. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how. I think we just dropped off some some money to yeah. them for all the yeah. damages and right, shit like right. that. Yeah. 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 My, uh, my <clears throat> our platoon leader was uh, doing the land nav for us. Usually the, the gunny would do it. But um, the platoon leader, the uh, captain, he decided to do the land nav and he drove us into a uh, dry lake bed. And we got stuck. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah. And it was like that. probably Didn't three we weeks before we go home. Was that? We all came and met you guys. Yeah. Right? So everyone yeah. showed up and did security for us and yeah, we helped pull us up. Made an assembly around. But it was my tank. tank particularly yeah. that I was digging out. I got pictures of it. It went um, whole down, right? Yeah. It w- I'll sh- um, the whole front end went down. So, yeah. wow. so the the driver in the front end, he was looking at the dirt in front of him. Oh, pretty much. shit. Yeah. So you guys yeah. had to get a wrecker or, or a, um, a We had a, uh, a, it's called a Mike 88. Uh-huh. It's a, um, a tank that has a, it's also a tow truck. Like a tow truck. Right. Yeah. So like it's a, a tow, tow truck, truck with dude. tracks and right. armament. Oh, man. So he had to come and pull you guys up? Yeah. I re- yeah. I remember, yeah I get, that was your tank. Was but we, as a tank, you could pull yourself out, too, with another tank. A tank uh-huh. never goes alone, so you have, have at least one extra tank so with you. So what you guys do is just connect uh, those iron uh, iron ropes to pull each yeah, other the out. Yeah, the cables. Yeah, tow cables. We could do that. Wow. But I, I remember we went out there. Yeah, and that was the f- um, first time I saw some camels up clothes because there was a herd of camels that came up was that the one was that the time yeah i got it right here oh, yeah. um, so there's these but there's that's these when shit gets real when uh you know you you think you're invincible in your tank and then you get stuck somewhere and, mm. and you're like what do i do now yeah. if something happens 
Like, yeah, I could jump in my tank. I can't get away, though. I could jump right. inside and start engaging the enemy. Yeah. But yeah. that's when it becomes fury at that point, right? That's when... Yeah, no shit, the last part That's that when movie. you got to become a, a Marine movie, at that man. point and, and just do do your Marine shit. Yeah, I learned, I learned a lot about, like, life at that time because we pulled up, we set up security... <clears throat> uh, we were it was it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so we were like dismounted. We walking around and shit. Yeah. Everybody's doing guard outside of the perimeter, mm-hmm. and we it was a legit ass oasis, like a Looney Tunes cartoon. No way. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's it was marshy, soft uh, sand. Dirt, you see my skinny basically? ass over yeah. there. Yeah, man. Wow. Once <laughs> upon a time. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't even that bad. That is wild. You know, yeah, what? I don't think it was. That, I don't think you were the tank that that we came out to. Hey, leave that picture there, man. I'm gonna take a photograph of it. And we'll use that for the thumbnail for the podcast. For sure. That is dope, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like wow. you said about growing oh, up out there. Oh, look at that. Um, guys, we're looking at a photograph of a tank where the tracks are completely underneath the mud. So what happens? When the tank sinks like that, the tracks can't get any traction because right. the whole, the bottom of the tank is sitting on the dirt. Yeah. And it's taking the weight off of the tracks. The tracks. So it's, so it's, it's sort like of like a, a little kid uh, standing yeah. on top of a, sitting on a high chair with his legs just yeah. running yeah. and yeah. can't yeah. touch. I'll the be ground. right back. Yeah. yeah. Get his head again. <clears throat> but yeah, that, there was a, a time, um, it could have been that time, I don't remember, but we, we went out and there was like, a legit oasis, like a Looney Tunes cartoon, no you know, way. when they're like in the desert yeah. and they're like a mirage and then they see the oasis. <laughs> the palm tree. Just palm and, trees and, 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 a, a and, and pond. water. Yeah. It's like, man, that was a fucking right. I was like, that shit exists. That's that, fucking crazy. I had no idea that that shit wild. actually existed. And no then a, a herd of camels came walking by. Wow. And then we were all dipshits and we fucking tried to catch one. <laughs> so we're chasing these fucking guys, things. What are you going to do with a camel? I don't uh, who knows? Hey, Ride it. Hey, put, <laughs> hey, put, hey, put, we're gonna take him back with us. This is Charlie. We're gonna call him Charlie. <laughs> yeah, take him back with us. I'm gonna eat this movie. <laughs> That's wild, man. Hey, um, <clears throat> switching the subject, man. True. What the hell is going on with the fires up in uh, Malibu and and Ventura, man? Fuck, that shit is. That's. You know. You know what's weird? Hmm. It to to me, it's a little weird. That the fires before seem to have a lot more um, news coverage, and it, there wasn't nearly as many structures that burned down in the last uh, North LA County fire. That, but this one took ninety five percent of an entire city called yeah. Paradise. Yeah, man. Did you hear the? I hear haven't right heard of that. <clears throat> Paradise is something new to me. Five. No. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know Paradise was yeah, like a city, a city itself. Yeah. yeah. But it took ninety-five percent of man-made structure. Wow. Fucking crazy, right? So, but it just feels like this one isn't as as well known. Like this it, fire isn't as well known. Documented or it's not being publicized. Well, I'm sure it's as being much. documented. I'm sure there's still a lot of yeah, news, man. but you almost have to like search for it. Sometimes I'm looking at photographs and there's like the huge evacuation. They're like at Malibu. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, you like, you see the flames up and mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. We've, we've definitely been victims of uh, fires yeah. within the immediate area, but this one seems to be really, really big, man. 
It's yeah. huge. And, yeah. and I mean, I saw, I, I just saw, I think it was last night, I just saw the pictures of everybody evacuating, getting their, their animals out, oh, taking crazy, them to, they, they would basically just take them to the beach yeah. and tie them up out there. There's a, I guess there's a, a person that has um, those alpacas. Yeah. Those llama things. Llamas. And, yeah. And they tied them up at a lifeguard thing out by the beach because you're Amen. not going to get burnt up out there. Yeah, but it is just crazy, smoky bro. as fuck. You I, can't even see like a hand in your face. You man. know, that's what I feel really bad for is is the animals. Yeah, fuck uh, the people. Right? Yeah, man. Well, no, I'll tell you what, because the people have a means. It, whether they decide to stay or not, that's up to them. So if you right. have an idiot to say, hey, look, I'm going to stay here, and, and they use their garden hose to wet down their house, it ain't going to happen mm. to me, Buster. Watch this. And then they mm. get engulfed in flames. Hey, idiot. Look, this, that's God's way of exterminating the, the stupids. All right? So go, mm. by all means, God, do your work. Slay death to them there were idiots anyways they probably would have killed me and my family on a highway because they, dr they drive like fucking morons so get rid of them go ahead by all means <laughs> but what i'm trying to say is animals don't have that choice they don't right. have that ability to they get want to in flee a vehicle if you, right if they can't flee so yeah. the fires that happen you know over there in fallbrook you know these a lot of these people they have these uh these horse ranches and what they mm. were doing is the ranches were opening up the stables to let the horses out yeah just let them run yeah because of the fires were were pretty much they were getting ready to get get surrounded so they were giving them an opportunity to flee unfortunately the horses would come back back to the stables because they was a location of comfort yeah and they, a lot of them ended yeah, up getting burned alive it was, yeah. it was it was a sad thing man you know but that would be some fucked up shit, man. Yeah, this, it, but this, this fire is apparently, I think it's just because it's so close rather than all the other fires before. They were, were a little bit just distant. a lot of vegetation that it's right. eating up. Now it's eating up the majority of yeah. the community. Mm -hmm. uh, now mm. you really look, man. Imagine, and God forbid, all of a sudden we get notifications of evacuation and then mm -hmm. the fire is a thousand yards from our current location and it's coming our way. Like mm -hmm. what, like you, you got within the next two hours, you have to be evacuated. That's yeah. some crazy shit. Yeah. And it's very, very well possible. You know, we just, as a matter of fact, uh, Friday, there was, did you guys feel the earthquake Friday? No, no. I Bro, I what was, time was it? It was around seven thirty ish. I was laying in, in the bed and I felt the fucking bed shake. And I was like, damn, I was hey, like, damn, honey, what are you I doing? I was like, man, well, she was at work. <laughs> I got a good little personal story about fires. Go ahead. Go ahead. So in the, in the Army National Guard, I was also activated to go uh, respond to fires out in California. And um, I was there for about a month, maybe less, three weeks. And then uh, when I got home, my apartment complex caught on fire. And I was like, "Oh shit! <laughs> How? What was the cause?" The there was a a lady on the lower part of the complex. She was she she said she was cooking, and it was a grease fire Met caused because she fell asleep, <laughs> and it got out of control. So she uh, fell asleep while she was cooking. So that she fell asleep on, while she was cooking. Uh, but I believe she's probably either drunk or on drugs or meth. Yeah, yeah, cooking meth. <laughs> so, but but it was so weird like you, we were out there seeing people you know we we're doing our roadblocks and telling people they can't go to their homes because this was your apartment complex right so so out there in the fires responding as a national guard we, we were out there 
doing roadblocks, um, telling people they can't go to their home because the, the right. power the power lines are still down and they might get shocked or yeah, yeah, yeah. they might get injured out there. But you, so you're doing this, right? So I'm I'm doing this and for then your apartment complex. No, no, no. I'm doing oh, this. Oh, okay, okay. For uh, like the Venturi area. Okay, okay. All right. And then I get home the same oh, day. Okay. The same day I get home. <laughs> okay, I got you. My apartment complex catches uh-huh. on fire, and I'm like, "What? What's that? I hear out of nowhere. I hear a Crackling, popping, pop, crack, pop, uh-huh. pop." I was like, "Fireworks? What is that?" And so I, I go to my back window. I look through the back, and I can see the little. There's multiple complexes where we live, so I see the complex right next to us, to the right, completely engulfed in flames, black smoke, and everything. Shit. And I just. Grab my wife and the kid. I'm like, hey, we got to go now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, when you see fire that close. That's... Right. We got to go now. Get his, get his. Uh, get his binky. Get, <laughs> yeah. Get his diapers and let's go. So we're going and I get her to the front of the complex and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get the car. Wait here for me. And I go walk to the car and there's already a, a fire truck parked right in front of where my car is at with the Blocking fire hose him. drawn out and everything. Oh, oh shit. Hosing down the complex. And I'm like, fuck. I got no car now. Wow. So I'm like, luckily, ah, her, luckily her sister lived down the block and she was able to come within uh, 15 minutes and pick us up and we spend the up. night with her. But yeah, it was so weird. I was uh, like, and luckily my complex, my personal little, our little four <laughs> area complex, it didn't burn down. But the one right next to us, all four Apartments burned down. Wow, that fucker sucks. That's wild. Yeah, so I, would, I, I, would punch I credit it to maybe God was looking over me because I was out there responding to the California fires and and uh, helping other people out, make sure they weren't getting hurt, make sure uh, there wasn't any uh, loitering going on. And maybe God was looking over me when when fire came to my area and yeah. you know, was trying to take us down. Me being from New York, man, this isn't this isn't the norm for me, you know. But I look, I. I, I I've been here in California for the past 17, 18 years, you know? Uh, so now it has become the norm. But, you know, if I rewind back time, you know, fires, I mean, the, all these massive wildfires. If I look at it now with that New York mentality, man, I would say to myself, fuck, this is the apocalypse. It's like it's it becoming is. so That's frequent. And the earthquakes and um, but the shit that it's affecting us. Go ahead, it's, Kenny. It's when... I mean, you could say that, but it's statistically, if you look at the statistics, it's pretty uh, average common. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, I, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. With I, I think why it's, um, I think the way I think is because I'm comparing it to the mentality of a, of a New Yorker, right? Whereas a New Yorker, all you really got to worry about is a hurricane and hurricanes do massive destruction. Look at sure. uh, the hurricane that happened several years back. Or where, Sandy, right? Sandy, thank yeah. you. Where, you know, I got a buddy who's NYPD, a cousin who's NYPD. He works out in Far Rockaway. And he was sending me photographs of, you know, the second story in their precinct was flooded up halfway Holy to the shit. second story. And the, the stairs are like it's nothing but uh, water. And he was telling me stories of how women were getting raped in in his area his beat within the city 
And police officers just couldn't respond, man. So the motherfuckers were out there pillaging and doing all types of crazy shit. But the city itself had just, it was incapable of responding to these type of crimes. Well, they would have to like swim there and stuff. I, it's crazy, man. Like, what would, you know, how are you going to get yeah. there? You know, if, if, so we're looking at. I think of Katrina. Water. Yeah, no, man. Like Katrina is another one. Yeah. I, uh, I served with a couple of people that responded to Katrina and they were mm. telling me stories of how, uh, the police officers out there were were out there being the criminals and doing the raping and whatnot too. Like you know, you can't trust shit. you I, you I, can't trust people when when shit goes really that. bad. You, that's that's when you see who the good people are and who the bad people are. You know, the funny thing about Katrina, Katrina happened around the time that I I got out the Marine Corps. I got out um, towards the beginning of October two thousand five, right? Yeah. And. Um, there was a there was a contractor who wanted to employ me to go out there and do um, like some kind of security work? security work yeah. out in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. yeah, and I was all for it. And he was like, "All right, man, we're going to pay you two hundred dollars a day plus per diem and whatever have you, but you got to have your firearm. The red firearm's got to be registered in your name." So I already had a nine mil Beretta. Um, so I was like, "Cool." So I had went I went down to the Army Navy store, a bunch of bought a bunch of fatigues. I had still had my Marine Corps uniform. Mm-hmm. I was just going to rip the tags off and just be out and about. Uh, luckily, the guy never, he never got a hold of me regarding the contract we were supposed to sign, so it just mm-hmm. fell through, right? Right. But now, looking back on it, I feel uh, I'm happy that, that I didn't go out there because of some of the things and the stories that came out mm-hmm. later after the fact, you were like, wow, that's crazy. I would hate to be in a situation where like you're clearing a specific neighborhood and all you're finding is, is, you know, dead bodies because of, yeah, your people you know, too. Yeah. yeah you know, the elderly Americans people couldn't escape. Probably shooting your fellow Americans because oh, they're scared. Yeah, they don't man. know what the fuck to do. Yeah. I would hate to be in that situation. Sucks, man. I'd hate to be terrible. in that situation, you know, but yeah. you know, you being, Coming back from Iraq, you still you're still wound up. Like right. you still you you don't want to turn it off yet. So to me, I was like, yeah, I'll get back in the shit. But who knows, man? You know, something could have happened and would have really altered my life, and we wouldn't be having this conversation, man. So yeah. I, I I'm glad I didn't it fell through and it, and it didn't happen. I almost I almost signed a similar contract for the Haiti earthquakes and shit hmm. to do security. Yeah, but I ended up. Not because I just yeah man wasn't sure if my job would be secured if I did all that shit. Yeah man, but, I mean the the things like that man they they really <clears throat> that's a there's a toll to pay, and you know we all want to reach for the almighty dollar and and fill all, all our coppers, uh, but there's a toll to pay with with all that shit man. You know whether it's something emotional, mental, or. Uh, in the future, man, where you 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 just it, it you make a wrong move and God forbid it just alter it alters your future, you know. Yeah, in the uh, in the National Guard responding to uh, incidents of uh, state emergencies, you get, you get that feeling of that you're going to on a deployment and you got to get your shit together and you're getting your weapons ready and you're making sure your bullets are clean. But then you realize, wait, I'm responding to California. <laughs> right. Right. So you kind of have to settle your mentality a bit, but but it, it, butterflies are butterflies, right. man. You so know? so we all get in the bus or the Humvees, and we're driving up, and then all of a sudden on the freeway you just see black 
smoke and it starts getting darker and darker and you're driving into the fire and everyone's driving away from it and you're driving into right it. people are wearing masks yeah and then you 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 get this map where that has all your roadblocks you're supposed to do and your patrol areas and now you got civilians walking up to you it makes you feel like you're doing a checkpoint in iraq again mm-hmm. and people are like but you could speak the language so you don't need a chirp right so they're like can we go to our house like I need to get my my father's medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a huge work contract. These people are like some some of them are are rich and mm-hmm. wealthy, but they needed to do still work and keep making income. Right. They're like, I need my laptop. I have all my files on there. I need to get there. Right? Because you got to remember, some of them, all they got was a knock on the door saying, "Get the get the hell out of the house." See, and that would be. That would be the thing that would make my 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 mind racing. Like I, so, I have a a a, a quick get out bag, and in that bag I have like a flint lighter. I have canned food that I try to keep on rotation. You know, ever yeah. so often I I I replace those canned foods with something else. First aid kit, blankets, flashlights, uh, ammunition for my for my weapons, uh, extra magazines. Um, and then obviously I keep my my weapons uh, at a at an area where I can quickly grab them and just bounce right. Yeah. Uh, so that that bag condoms. You know, well, I don't need them because I'm married. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah, you want to keep your the muzzle. Uh, well, if you don't want to make that. a mess, sometimes you gotta wear them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, but but uh, you know things. Uh, the resources such as water. I don't. I don't keep gallons of water. I, I I do actually buy gallons of water, like ten to twelve on a on a monthly basis. But I don't keep that bag full of water. And I think at the end of the day, that would be like the most resourceful thing to have is water, right? Right. You water is all you really need, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, food and all that canned food, good shit. I mean, as long as you have enough to to last you two or three days, you, I'm sure you can. Well, as long as you're not like you have some type of blood sugar, yeah, issue, you're, you're ill and you're like a, that, a healthy you know, person, you yeah, you should know, last have, at least a couple of weeks. Have that thirty pack yeah. of beer ready and standing by, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that would be the that would be the first thing that I would go to, right? Get my go to bag. Obviously, grab the dogs, their chow, and then what else, man? Like, what else would you grab? You got limited time, you know. And I'm like, oh shit. <clears throat> well, I have all my shit saved from on um, backups to backups. Photographs, so my shit. photographs, yeah. all that. I don't have to worry shit. about that shit anymore. And I, and that's that's the thing that sucks about people that had their house burnt down, you know, a little over ten years ago. Yeah. They had to run back in to try to save all their pictures and shit like that because all their backups are in a file cabinet inside right, their house right, that got right, right. burnt down. Yeah, man. So all their I, memories, I'd all be that like, like, lost. like obviously. Okay, let's grab whatever photograph. Yeah. I'm like, fuck! I gotta take this mixer. Let me grab this mic. <laughs> yeah, you got you got a little more. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you could probably let go of this. Insurance to take care of. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah. Take yeah. pictures. Send to yeah. USA. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. But it's, I mean, it, to get that knock on the door, man. I look, look, like I'm saying, a lot of people are going through it, and it really, you really don't think about it until. It's that close to you. You're the one going through it, man. So my heart goes out to everyone who's going through this bullshit right now, man. That sucks, man. So how many, do you know how many deaths there are now? I, I read it was 12. I don't know, but I, my favorite podcaster, Joe Rogan, he, he's affected yeah. by the fire right now. 
So if you're out there and you hear this, I, I bet you're not though, because uh, you yeah, like Joe Rogan. Stuff, no, he listens to it all the time. <laughs> no, no, Joe Rogan. But, uh, much love yeah, to you. I, I'm sure I hope you don't you're, listen to the uh, podcast. Yeah, but our heart goes out to you and your family and anyone else, anyone who's getting affected by it, man. If Joey Diaz, you're getting affected by it, tremendous. Hopefully, your ass. Uh, hey, have you seen the Joey Diaz podcast? By the way, not the podcast, but he's got a Netflix special uh, called the. Uh, think the derelicts or something like that uh, it's on netflix no but i'm a i'm a huge joe rogan fan you know i pr- i listen to him every day i think yeah dude i love his podcast like if it's my favorite things are when he's on youtube talking about fights right after the the huge USC oh, fight fights. companion yeah i love yeah, man i love, I love his stuff. podcast man he's he's good to go yeah funny guy he knows how to be a knows how to take things serious and then go back to being funny right yeah, away absolutely Hey guys, I want to thank you guys for your time. And any sure. anything else you guys want to close out or, or, or mention a comment on before we we close this podcast out? So, so the main thing about this podcast was talking about our tanker experience. Oh, what did you think about tanks when you were out there on foot? I thought they were fucking great. I knew that they were feared. Uh, I think they're they're a necessity within the military, man. I think they're they're a comfort for for foot troops that's for sure you know mm-hmm. uh you can definitely call them i look at a tank like an eight like, yeah i look at a tank with the same comfort i look at an a10 warthog you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying you guys know what a10 yeah, is yeah, right yeah. You guys the air support the, the air, yeah the air support you know with the with the mini machine the gatling gun that they got mm-hmm. you call i look at a tank just like that they're 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 like a, a comfort so i appreciate the work that you guys did while serving on military active duty or or preserve i think you guys are fucking great man you guys are like really part of the backbone of the marine corps when it comes time for when a foot uh, a grunt unit needs that support you guys are there man so i truly you know uh, appreciate you guys and, and your service and uh and once again listen to all the 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 women and the men that served at the armed forces happy veterans day to all my Marine Corps brother and sisters, happy belated Marine Corps birthday. It's been a pleasure to serve with every and uh, each uh, last one of you guys. I've met some real outstanding people. And to this day, I still keep in contact with some of them. So the Marine Corps has been nothing but a, a solid service that has done a lot for me. It's given me a lot of stepping stones to do uh, bigger and better things man and i'm very very grateful uh for every individual that i was able to meet and i uh, came in contact with uh nonetheless ladies and gentlemen this has been chapter 47 this has been your host dg architect i want to go ahead and uh, thank once again uh, my homeboy raymond who was a prime marine uh, a tanker and then big kenny ken who was a tanker as well guys thank yep. you for your time yep and to all the veterans out there if you ever have trouble, just talk to somebody. You know, you, the wounds don't don't stop because because you left the the war, the battlefield. They they continue on with you. So make sure you talk to someone, and we love you. I agree, and uh, our heart goes out to everyone dealing with these fires up north. Uh, may God bless you and protect you guys and your family. DJ Architect out. Mm. DJ Architect.